You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you as always. As a reminder, make sure you download and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Pod because even though the regular season is winding down, this is honestly, George, we're just getting started here. Like It's almost like we're counting down to the regular season is over. That's really when the true season for the Colts start because, hey, coaching speculation, draft speculation. So it's going to be an extremely busy offseason for us, George. Maybe even busier than the regular season at this point the last month, the way it's gone. No, absolutely. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of speculation, and it's going to move quickly. I mean, that's one of the things that we were talking about. This head coaching search should be fairly efficient, fairly quick. They, they've had an opening since November 7th. So, you know, obviously they're going to consider Jeff Saturday, and, and, and you're going to, you know, take that into account. But uh, you should be able to get interviews in here pretty quickly. I would think that you should have that list all lined up. I mean, they should start pretty much Monday with interviews coming in and, and, you know, rolling with this, seeing what direction they're going to go. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then once you get that handled, uh, it's going to turn to what it's been the last five years. Who's the quarterback, you know, who's, what, what are they going to do with that position? So, and, and those two, I think those are such huge, you know, we had that segment a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about what would you rather have Jim Harbaugh or Bryce Young, you know, who's more important. Those two spots are so vitally important it, it, to, to get them both in the same off season. Um, it just, it's not just about next year. I mean, those, those two spots are going to determine the next five years of this franchise. Without a doubt. And that's where we're going to have you covered all throughout the off season. So that's why it's ever more important than right now to make sure you're subscribing and downloading to the blue horseshoe pod, because we're going to have a ton of content coming your way, previewing head coaching candidates, reacting to the, the eventual hire, getting you set for which quarterback the Colts could draft. Hint, Bryce Young, <coughs> don't listen Texans, and we'll get you set for what it's going to be. Like I said, an offseason that should shape the next five years for the Colts without – I don't think we're being hyperbolic there whatsoever. It's going to be a massive, massive offseason. So, again, if you haven't been downloading, subscribing before, now is the perfect time to do so to make sure you're all caught up on all the Colts content coming your way, which should be a very busy offseason. All right, George, so speaking of the first domino fall, it's going to be the head coach uh, opening. And the name we've talked about here really the last two months has been Jim Harbaugh, right? Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. I would say for most Colts fans, including myself, uh, Jim Harbaugh's number one. Like, number one, you're nodding your head in, in agreement as well. That should be the number one target for the Colts, realistically. Sean Payton's not going to come to Indy, so let's just get, kind of push him aside. What if Jim Harbaugh doesn't come to the Colts? What if he stays in Michigan? What if he takes another job? What if Jim Irsay just says, you know, I don't like Jim Harbaugh. Would it be crazy? No. Jim Irsay has done nothing that made sense so far this year. Let's just say it's anyone but uh, Jim Harbaugh. You have a candidate whose name has not been mentioned uh, really whatsoever that you think could be in the mix. And a name Colts fans could be hearing a lot here these next few days and few weeks. Who is it? And why is their candidacy here a possibility of them taking over for the Colts? 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, his name's not been mentioned because he has a current head coaching job. I think that's part of this right now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with him this weekend. But uh, I go to Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera, and the reason is uh, Chris Ballard and, and Rivera have a, a really good relationship dating back to their time together with the Bears. You know, they went to a Super Bowl together when uh, Rivera was the defense coordinator there and uh, Ballard was a scout. So I'm sure that there's there's a relationship there that you can you can lean on. And we were kind of talking about this, you know, off the air. I don't know that Rivera is going to have a lot of other options. Not many guys get three bites of the apple, you know, as head coaches. Uh, and and you look at the other spots right now that are open, and and we'll see, um, you know, what happens on on Black Monday. But Carolina is not going to bring him back. You can pretty much X that one off right away. And I it doesn't seem like a big enough splash for Denver. I think they're going to want to make a big, you know, even if they don't get Jim Harbaugh, they're going to want a bigger name than Ron Rivera, I would imagine, in there. Um, and, and so I think it's a situation where, as you look at the landscape, and we talked about this as well, it's pretty barren. If you don't get Jim Harbaugh, I've seen a lot of uh, of coordinator names, you know, being speculated. And the thing I would say is a lot of those guys you can cross off right away. If they've got a connection to Nick Sirianni, take them off the board right now. If, if that wasn't clear, you know, after the game here with the Eagles, I, I don't know what more you need to see. He's not going to be recommending that they come here. They're not going to come here. And I know the argument all the time is that's oh, one of 32. That's true. If you don't have any other options. And I think, you know, guys like St. Shane Sykin and, and Jonathan Gannon will have other options. They've also, they've got the option to stay in Philly and, you know, wait for next year's cycle. That That's a really legitimate option for them. Uh, because they have good jobs right now. I think you're going to be looking at guys who either are, you know, on the on the back end of their career uh, and don't have a lot of options because of that or have, have no resume right now, have a very thin resume uh, and don't have options because of that. The league was very – I don't think people really understand how much damage was done November 7th when Jim Irsay named Jeff Saturday coach. You saw it a little bit with Joe Thomas – you saw it a little bit with with uh, Bill Cower. Bill Cower, for some reason, his name was completely escaping right now. I feel like Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but uh, it, it you saw it there publicly, but beneath the, the surface, there was a lot more behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of coaches feeling that same way. And I think there's a lot of guys out there, honestly, if they have options, who would rather the Colts have to kind of fight through this and 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 – you know, live with the consequences of it, then come in here and save the day. So I think Ron Rivera's name might rise pretty, pretty quickly towards the top of the list of candidates. If one Washington fires him, obviously that's got to happen uh, before anything else. And two, if Jim Harbaugh decides this isn't the job for him. So let's start with the second part or the first part first, because like I said, I just, I know Dan Snyder, is someone who's, you know, the least trustworthy owner in the NFL. And that's, you know, we told him Jim Mercy had been a wild card. That is the ultimate wild card. I don't just don't know. I feel like he would use Ron Rivera as just a shield. I know he's in the process of selling the team. So who knows how much longer he's going to be there. Maybe he just doesn't care. I guess at this point, I just have a tough time seeing Ron Rivera get fired. But let's just say if he does, or if he does get fired, the thing that gives you pause with Rivera, and I think you're right, by the way, when it comes to the, the pool of, of candidates being smaller than maybe even I would say beforehand, just because, like I said, of how Jim Mercer has handled the firing of Frank Reich and then the, the hiring of Jeff Saturday after that. So I think, you know, I think that does take away some candidates that otherwise maybe would be interested if you just promoted 
Bubba Ventrone or, or John Fox are literally just done what 99% of NFL teams do and they fire a head coach, just promote from within. But when it comes to Ron Rivera, like the thing that bothers me a little bit with him is we saw it at the tail end of Carolina and we saw it really all throughout his tenure in Washington. It's the, it's the quarterback circus. It's a quarterback carousel that has continued really throughout, you know, what the Colts are trying to get off of. That's what Ron Rivera has been circled around now for years. I understand it's not really, you know, it's not all on him, right? You know, he, he's not the GM in either Carolina or, or uh, Washington. Again, when it comes to Washington, your, your hands tied when it comes to dealing with Dan Snyder. And apparently Dan Snyder really wanted Carson Wentz, and that's why the commanders wanted him more than, you know, Ron Rivera. Those reports are out there. But just like he's a guy that has lived in the quarterback carousel for now the last four or five years of his head coaching career. I'm just ner- – like, again, and seemingly the Colts going to get off that, but that's a guy that I don't think is – you know, been able to be, you know, he's not, he also not just, it's the, the fact they haven't gotten a quarterback in either Washington or again, towards the tail end of Carolina kind of when Cam Newton was falling off. So the fact, I don't think he's handled the quarterback situation very well either. Like you look even this year when it's, you start Carson Wentz and then Taylor Heineke's playing well and you're not committing to, to Taylor Heineke as your core, as your quarter, uh, started quarterback. And then it's like a week by week basis. And now Taylor Heineke struggles. Let's go back to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, those three picks. What a shock there, George. And now it's like, oh, we're going to go back to Heineke. Actually, you know what? We're going to start Sam Howell and said, there's a lot of indecision. And again, I understand the Colts pool is going to be slim. So it's not like you, you can pick from the, you know, uh, this great vast pool. And it's not like the Colts are the number one team on everyone's list this offseason. I get that. I just, when you look at the Colts issues of late at quarterback, and you look at what's kind of followed Ron Rivera as well. Just that's what gives you pause. And that's for me, someone that just, I'm not chomping at the bit to say, Get me Ron Rivera if Jim Harbaugh says no. It's definitely a red flag. I mean, there's no question about it. And the way he handled the quarterback situation this year in Washington was was not good at all. I don't think you'll find a Commanders fan out there that that backs it. Um, you know, and I think also he was brought there to change the culture. And granted, it was a it was a big ask uh, mm-hmm. with everything that was going on out there. But it was implicit when he came in that that was his job. You know, to what degree did he succeed? I know we may have to get Craig back on here again, Craig Hoffman, and, and, and talk to him about that if this becomes a reality. Um, but, you know, I, they, I think the last two years, the Commanders probably had better seasons than than on paper you would have expected them to going in. I mean, where you would write them in at. Uh, they were in playoff contention, you know, both years late in the year, uh, which I don't think was necessarily the case. Now, again, is that more to do with the weakness of the NFC or anything that they did? That's that's another one of those chicken or the egg things. I think one thing for sure, if he is the guy here, and I, we're a long way from there, um, but if that were to become reality, it's imperative that you get the quarterback right. Uh, because you saw, you know, when he had a rookie, uh, Cam Newton, he did a pretty good job, you know, early sure. on with them and, and, and build him up. Uh, but when it's not there, when there are questions at quarterback and, 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 or when a guy's dropping off, that's when you see him really struggle too. So I think it, if he were to be the guy, you'd have to nail that quarterback pick. And that's a good point too. Cause like, even go back to how he's handled the quarterbacks this year, like, look, I'm not telling you Carson Wentz is the answer or that is any good. Like, like everyone with eyes can see that Carson Wentz is not a franchise quarterback. But you go back earlier this year and Ron Rivera's, I forget what it, when it was, maybe it was right when, when Carson Wentz got hurt. But someone asked Ron Rivera, like, basically, what is it like when you look at the rest of the NFC East with the Giants, with the, the Eagles, and the uh, and the Cowboys? Why are they so much, you know, further along than you are? And Ron Rivera, deadpan to the camera, said, "Quarterback." Again, 
it's not like he's wrong. I think he's 100% right with, with Carson Wentz struggling, and even Tara Heineke playing okay, but not really being this great quarterback or consistent quarterback. I don't think he's wrong in the answer. I still don't think as a head coach you could say that. And you could put all the blame on your failed season on one guy. So that's like another concern. You're right. Let's just say they get Bryce Young or Will Levin, like whoever, whatever court they draft. What if things don't go great? What if he starts off slow? We've seen plenty of rookie quarterbacks start off slow and gain their careers. But what if six, seven games, they got turnovers left and right, not seeing the field well? Is Ron like is Ron Ray gonna have the patience to be able to go through that, the stomach to kind of sit through those, you know, growing pains for a year or two to allow the quarterback to kind of figure it out on his own? Or is he going to kind of, like I said, start throwing stones, start being impatient, or start feeling like his job is online and, and kind of get desperate and go to the backup or, or make a quarterback change? It's going to hurt the future of this team. I don't know the answer. And that's a little bit of a scary thing where even if, let's say, you do nail the quarterback in the draft and we think that's the guy, does Ron Rivera have the patience to go through some of the lumps you're going to have with a young quarterback? And again, when you look at kind of the end of Carolina, especially this year in Washington, I was handled that. I think the answer you could say right now is yes. Well, and you know, when you talk about like red flags too, I mean, press conferences in general are gonna gonna be rough uh, if he's here. I mean, you just go to last week and in his answer when when he was asked about the team being eliminated, and he admitted that he didn't know that it was a possibility. Now, I think most head coaches are in that. I don't think he's rare in that. Most head coaches are are locked into that to that matchup that day. They couldn't tell you playoff scenarios. Uh, they don't have time to look at them but most of them will not admit it. It's another thing that the head coach can't say, you know, um, all, all you do in that, the answer to that question is just, we haven't got that far ahead yet. And then when you get back in the locker room, you, you look at your PR guy and say, wait a minute, we can be eliminated. You, you don't say that publicly. You know, I, I think that's, there, there's going to be an element of that. There's no question. He's far from a perfect candidate. He would be far from the top guy on my list. Uh, but again, when you just look at the landscape, I mean, if it comes down to Ron Rivera or Leslie Frazier, which way are you going? Jeez. I mean, I take, I take Ron Rivera, but that's, you know, we're picking between, you know, two things I think either way are not going to be the, the best outcome. You know, you're picking between two, basically what's the best or the worst outcome in that situation. So it's sure. Then there's the chance. There's Ron Rivera where I would get behind that higher if it's, Leslie Frazier and Ron Rivera, which that's a bigger issue, I'd say, when it comes to the coach. That's who your two finalists are. But speaking of which, George, I think part of the reason why we're having this conversation is you mentioned at the start of the segment, the pool is not going to be as big as maybe some people think. And I, I would say I was definitely in that campaign for weeks ago of the Colts maybe, you know, will be a more attractive job when you look at kind of the ones that are open right now. But I think you're right. I think that that Jim Irsay handling of Frank Reich's firing and, and the hiring of Jeff Saturday is really now where you're going to kind of see some of those big implications so when we get past just Jim Harbaugh and even past Ron Rivera, who I would agree if he is fired, like the Colts are probably his only landing spot and the only opportunity to get a third head coaching job in the NFL is going to be in Indy. And where else you look at? Like I uh, I was kind of trying to do some research last night and throw some names by here. If we, if we talk about the second best candidate for this Colts job outside of Jim Harbaugh, and we're talking realistic, right? So we're going to take away Sean Payton out of that, out of that conversation here. And we're talking about just who is realistic for the Colts. One guy, I want to throw your name out, I'll throw by here. We just saw him uh, this past week. What about Mike Kafka, offense coordinator for the Giants? You look at what he inherited with Brian Dayball, where, which is an offense that was kind of like the Colts this year. It was anemic. You had big questions about Daniel Jones. You had Saquon Barkley, but you have really offensive line, you know, big-time question marks and big-time regression going into this year. 
you have no wide receivers. Like, they have no weapons whatsoever. I mean, you saw the, the guys Daniel Jones is throwing to. If you can name two of those guys before the game started, I'll give you a lot of credit. For any co friends out there, listen, if you can name Isaiah Hodgins or Richie James as two guys going to be killing the Colts. So it, they, they have done more with less. They made the playoffs with a team that I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan, and I don't like a lot of the weapons that are around him, but you look at all that, they've managed to get to the playoffs. Is again is a guy like Mike Kafka also, you know, having a lot of experience under Andy Reid in Kansas City. Is that a guy you look at and say, okay, you know, I could get behind him, even though his, his resume is not maybe as vast. And this is his only year so far of being a play caller uh, with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he's a guy I could get behind. I think Brian Dable's done a great job uh, really everywhere he's been. I, I'm not surprised that he came in and was a good head coach for the Giants. Uh, I think they, I think the Colts would do well if they can find an offensive mind. I think that's one of the things – we all kind of agree with, even if you get a defensive head coach, you're going to have to bring in an offense coordinator who, who's really innovative, uh, forward thinking, uh, and can help a young quarterback develop. And I think Mike Kafka fits that, but he's another guy. I mean, when I talk about how low this pool of, of, of candidates could be, he's another guy question if you would have interest uh, because he's only been in with the giants for a year. He's not going to have to rush into a job. You know, he could sit there and say, I'll come back. I'll build on what I did a year ago and I'll have a better offer. I look, there's going to be people who interview. There's no question. It's not going to be a barren landscape in that regard. Uh, but I think most people, I will have a legitimate question about their interest level coming here because of the circus that developed during, you know, from Halloween to, to Thanksgiving. If we do some rapid fire here, I know we did this a few weeks ago, but if we just kind of get the, a different pool of names here, if we go realistic or unrealistic, you mentioned before, but just get you on the record again. Shane Seiken, realistic mm-hmm. offensive coordinator for the Eagles or un- unrealistic? I cross everybody on the Eagles off. That's a guy, too. It's frustrating. I think you're right. That's a guy that, again, you see how the offense for the Eagles ha- has been able mm-hmm. to succeed, and you look at what they are doing. It's just they have built an offense that caters to Jalen Hurts. That's thing now where the like where the NFL offense is going is not I think running a certain system, but it's how flexible can you be? Another word I saw which like is how malleable can you be? I don't think right now like I think where the NFL is going, especially when it comes to offensive minds, is how can you do and how can you basically make the best let's say recipe with, with the ingredients you have? Right? It's not about oh we run this air raid offense, we run this power run offense. It's this is the offense you have, right? You look at the culture. You have Jonathan Taylor. You have Michael Pittman Jr. You have an offensive line that underachieved big time this year, but it is highly paid, so a lot of those guys aren't going anywhere. What can you do with this team right now, and how can you get the, basically the – what offense can you create that has the best outcome and the best success? And that's frustrating. Guy like Shane Seiken, you see it this year, especially with what the Eagles have done, and even last year as well when you developed Jalen Hurts in uh, Nick Seiner's first year. They have built an offense and kind of turned it around from a Carson Wentz pro-style offense with similar pieces to now what is kind of a, a spread it out run pass option team that is again one of the best offenses in the NFL and we see the Eagles with one of the best teams in the NFL that's a guy that really should be at the top of the Colts list in terms of what he brings in qualifications and I think you're right it's I don't think Nick Sirianni not that he wouldn't allow it but I think also it helps that Shane Seconds services will be uh in demand this offseason so you're right I think mm-hmm. if it was only the Colts I would say that I, I would not picture Nick Sirianni saying, no, don't go there. Basically, I'm not going to allow you to go to this job and come back with next year. But I think the bigger issue is I think his services will be in demand where I think he'll get hired somewhere else. Like I said, he'll have options yeah. where Andy's not the only one. And I don't think that Sirianni would tell anybody, you know, not to do it. Um, right. I would agree. But, but I, I think if you're Shane Sykin and, and you're working with Nick and, and you 
he had a relationship with Frank Reich too. I mean, he was on the list of offense coordinators when Sirianni got the job. In fact, I think some early reports said it was going to be him uh, and it ended up being Sirianni. So they were obviously inaccurate, but that's the first time I heard his name was in connection to be Frank Reich's offense coordinator. So uh, my guess is he's got a lot of the same feelings that, that Nick Sirianni does right now about the way things went down in Indy. And, and so again, if you've got options, yeah, if you don't, you're right. It's, it's one of 32 when it's the only one open or it's the only one available to you. Uh, if you've got options, I, I don't think you're going to turn this way, especially in Shane Sykin's situation where, you know, I, I think he's got a, some personal stake in, in, in what happened here. And what about D'Amico Ryans? Would you say he's realistic at all? I think a little bit. You know, D'Amico's one of those guys that I think you've got to look at. It, it, it's some of those unanswerable questions we always talk about, things that are going on in his head. He has no obvious tie to Frank Reich. He has no obvious tie, uh, you know, to anything that would, would give you immediate pause here. And I think he would look at this defense and feel like it's ready to win now. I think most people do. Obviously, didn't finish the year the way that they wanted to. Uh, but I think he would definitely see some things here uh, th that would, on the defensive side, th th that would really probably give him a lot of optimism. I, I think he worked with DeForest Buckner. I think he's been there long enough. I, I have to check back there and see. Uh, but even if he didn't, he certainly has guys on that defense that know Buck very well. So he could get all the intel he needs going in, is my point. You know, he can get, a, it wouldn't be hard at all for him to get in touch with DeForest Buckner and find out what he needs to find out. Uh, so I think that could be the key there. You know, if DeForest Buckner told him, yes, you can come here and you can win, and, and this year was an aberration, I think he'd have interest. If Buckner told him, stay away, you know, it's a circus, it's a clown show, uh, then then he probably wouldn't. I think it, it might honestly come down to recommendation of, of you know, your all-pro defensive tackle. I think the biggest – I think the toughest part for the Colts hiring D'Amico Ryan's, I think he will be the head coach for circus. I just think it's the circus down south in Houston. I think mean, when you look at kind of, you know, how the, the connection Jim Harbaugh has to the Colts, obviously that, that connection is tenfold for what he has to the Texans, that organization yeah. – I just would say if you're going to go to a team that's in the, you know, where they are right now, I would say it's probably going to be, he, he'll be in Houston uh, before he would take the cold shot. And then again, if you're the Texans, not that they do anything right, not that they deserve the benefit of the doubt here in terms of making any sort of competent and right decision, similar to the Colts this year for sure, but at least they have a longer yeah. track record of it. Um, you would think common sense to say, draft Bryce Young, hire D'Amico Ryans. You would, like that, that should be the offseason, you know, goal right there. Just stop short, boom, okay, let's go. But I don't think you could trust the Texans either way. Um, but I do think if there is one thing they do get right, whether it's either drafting the quarterback or hiring the right head coach, I would say it's more likely they hire D'Amico Ryans than it is to, to draft Bryce. And hopefully I'm right on that, by the way. But I would say that's kind of my read on the Texans, and they are incompetent so far the last few years. Uh, so I just think that's there's one of the things I think that he's just more of a likely slam dunk for the Texans. And if they don't hire, maybe he feel a little bit of frustration and go to an in-division team and kind of play him twice a year. But, um, yeah, like I, said, I just think at this point, for me, it's the Texans are bust for him um, when it comes to getting hired, which I think wouldn't make the Colts uh, tougher to hire him for sure. All right, George, when we do return here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast, let's finish up with the regular season finale. Biggest game of the year. Colts, Texans, Lucas Oil Stadium, 1 o'clock Eastern. Let's go. We'll give you a little preview of that game in the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 